now, time for seafood news. Welcome to the Seafood News Podcast. This episode of the Seafood News Podcast is brought to you by the 4th Annual Association of Genuine Alaska Pollock Producers Wild Alaska Pollock Meeting, taking place at the Western Seattle in Seattle, Washington on October 17th, 2022. The Association of Genuine Alaska Pollock Producers, also known as GAP, is working to promote wild Alaska pollock in major whitefish markets around the world, with a focus on Europe, North America, and Japan. Their goal is to educate both seafood buyers and consumers about the superior benefits of wild Alaska pollock. The theme of this year's Wild Alaska Pollock meeting is strategically building awareness and demand for the perfect protein, and will bring together representatives from all segments of the Wild Alaska Pollock industry, marketing experts, and visionary speakers designed to challenge the status quo and inspire collaboration for tackling future industry challenges. Topics will include economic updates, consumer research and trends, the results from the new Gap Always On Wild Alaska Pollock Awareness Campaign, and much more. Seafood News and Arnaberry are proud to sponsor this event, and Gap would also like to thank Trident Seafoods for their gold-level sponsorship. To register for the meeting, please visit alaskapollock.org. Don't miss out. I'm Seafood News Managing Editor Amanda Buckle. And I'm Arnaberry Seafood Market Reporter Lauren Castiglione. Let's kick things off this week by talking about some market news. Arnaberry Market Reporter and COO Jim Kenny reports that lobster tail and meat import flow into the United States from Canada continues to lag to the 2021 pace, but is more in line with the five-year average. The inshore category is down 34.7% in June and 35.1% year-to-date when compared to last year, but just 6% off the five-year pace. The meat category is down 24.9% in June and 28.9% year-to-date, but 5% ahead of the five-year average. There's a seasonal pattern to lobster trade between the two countries. June is the high point, but more volume arrives during Q3 than any other quarter, so this could change. Reports suggest that demand has been quite scattered, and while some segments have been performing quite well, there are import categories such as national chains and retailers that have shied away from buying. The result has been some significant price corrections. Five to six ounce tails have fallen 29% this year, and claw and knuckle meat, 26%. Stuart Lamont, Managing Director of Tangira Lobster Company Limited, told the CDC back in the spring that increased prices could lead retailers and restaurants to halt selling lobster. One market participant explained that although the price of lobster meat has dipped, those prices have yet to drop for the end consumer as restaurant operators face a multitude of inflationary pressures related to their businesses. The demand for lobster and other premium shellfish is also a question market participants have to assess as consumers battle rising inflation. It was mentioned as a reason for the potential drop in exports into the U.S. In Courtney Shum's latest This Week in Retail column for Erna Berry, she noted how the latest consumer price index data released this week showed the index unchanged in July on a seasonally adjusted basis. This followed a 1.3% gain in June. Anecdotal evidence suggests spring season landings in Canada were robust and main production tracking. Raw material pricing has fallen from a record high closer to the five-year average. Other factors affecting imports are trucking and storage. Complications with both have hampered the usual trade flow. In other market news, Erna Berry reporter Janice Schreiber reports that blue swimming crab meat market continues to adjust lower as it has since the beginning of 2022. Current pricing on blue jumbo lump is 27.5% lower than the beginning of the year and 13.4% lower than the start of the summer season. 
Summer has, from a historical standpoint, always been the more active demand period for crab meat, as many users flock to the seashore and enjoy crab cakes. I had a crab cake last night. (laughs) (laughs) I haven't had a crab cake. Actually, no, I had one. Like, I haven't had one in ages. I had one last Friday and it was delicious. Right? It was so good. I love crab cakes. And I paid a premium for it. Just saying. But with the inventories tough to build during the pandemic and pricing at 52 week and all-time highs for much of 2021, crab meat started to price its way off of menus and off of retail shelves. Now in 2022, blue swim crab meat has been coming off the historic highs on a weekly basis and even lower offers, some significant, are being reported. Looking at the countries of origin, all major producing countries are in the green. Indonesia is leading the way, 27.8% higher year-to-date at 16.1 million pounds through June 2022. Venezuela is the next top producing country at 5.3 million pounds and is an outstanding 60% higher year-to-date. Red swimming crab meat supplies have also been increasing. China is up 42.9% and Vietnam, which produces both red and blue swimming crab meat, is up 29.4%. Looking at the seasonal behavior of imports, June typically does dip below May numbers and 2022 was no different. June 2022 is 13.6% lower for pasteurized crab meat as compared to May of 2022. May of 2022. Let's go back in time. However, June is 33.6% over the three-year average for the same time period. Indonesia, again the leader in this category, did see a dip in June compared to May, but still 6.7% higher for June 2022 as compared to June 2021. Looking at year-to-date imports out of Indonesia, 2022 also looks to be one of the highest on record. As we head into the dog days of summer and children begin to head back to school, we'll see how crab meat continues to behave in the balance of the year. Current pricing is still 13.2% higher than three-year average, and many market participants still report an overall lackluster buying appetite. The undertone heading into the first full week of August is fairly steady to weak. I cannot believe that kids are already heading back to school. I know Janice, she's based out of Florida, and her kids are already back. I know, what a bummer. I know, and summer just went by in a blink of eye. So It's going to be September before we know it, and then October, baby. And you know it's in October. Halloween! Yes, but also Erner Barry's Global Protein Summit. It kicks off on October 17th, the same day as the Genuine Alaska Pollock Producers Annual Meeting. But if you're not in the Pollock business, then Erner Barry's Global Protein Summit is a can't-miss event. The summit takes place in Chicago from October 17th to the 19th and brings together buyers and sellers in the poultry, red meat, and seafood sectors. It is jam-packed with intel from the foremost experts on economics and agriculture, along with networking opportunities with professionals positioned throughout the supply chain. Attendees benefit from unparalleled insight on global and domestic supply and demand trends, forecasts for the protein industry, and tools to develop better business strategies in the year ahead. Right now, the tentative agenda has a presentation on unpacking the impact of global macroeconomic trends on the food industry, a presentation on advancement of technology and automation in the sector, and a panel discussion on the transportation crisis. Is there an end in sight? Spoiler, I don't, spoiler, I, don't, I don't think so. I don't think so, honestly. You'll have to come to see. Yeah. So protein buyers won't want to miss a panel on what restaurants and retailers are really thinking. Back again by popular demand, the buyers panel includes professionals from various restaurants and retailers from across the country. 
They provide great knowledge on consumer trends, what products they are leaning into, and what they need from their sellers. If you want to know the biggest companies in the food industry are thinking, the panel is sure to provide those insights. And of course, you can't leave out alternative and plant-based proteins. It's such a huge topic right now. Or in the case of the session, the green elephant in the room. Love that name. Yep. That session will be hitting on the plant and cell culture protein industries. Go visit events.urnaberry.com for more information. And honestly, that is a great segue into our next story on blue seafood. So the German food tech company is getting closer to bringing their cell-cultivated products to market. Last week, Blue Seafood announced that their fish fingers and fish balls, containing cultivated fish cells as the main ingredient, have reached market readiness and will soon enter the regulatory process. Right now, Blue Seafood is targeting initial approval and market launch in Singapore by the end of 2023. The push towards Singapore is due to the fact that the regulatory process there is already well-defined. However, the company is also applying for approval in the U.S., U.K., and the EU. I'm ready for cell-based food. I want to try it. I want to see if I can taste the difference. Right. And in plant-based news, Omni Foods announced last week that their 100% plant-based Omni Seafoods products will not only be hitting stores at Whole Foods Market in London, but also online retailers Okado and the Vegan Kind Supermarket. Omni Foods officially launched in June 2021, and as CFU News reported at the time, made its groundbreaking debut at Wagamama UK locations this past January. And I think I've talked about my love for Wagamama on this podcast before, but I love it. It's the best name ever. It is the best name ever, and it's great food. So that about does it for us. <laughs> Thanks for listening, and we'll see you back here next week. Bye-bye. <laughs>